because this is how I was raised. This is how I was brought up. But I am so thankful for my heritage, and I am thankful for my uncle, amen, who has been a big part of my life, amen, who is a role model that I look up to in a lot of ways. I love him doing a great work there in, in Olive Branch, Mississippi, amen, pastoring a wonderful church there, amen, with my Aunt Tanya, amen, doing a wonderful work of the Lord. And then why don't we put our hands together for the Lord, amen, and for Brother Lee as he comes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ain't God good? Amen. I feel him in this place. Amen. What a wonderful presence of the Holy Ghost that's here. Amen. I have uh, just recently, this past couple weeks ago, I had a little something to come along and now I had a little cough, but let me just let you know I'm, I'm not contagious. I'm not running fever. We're not, we're not in danger today, but if I cough a time or two, bear with me. I know post-COVID we're living in a different world now, but amen. I about lost my voice singing. Thank you for allowing me to join this awesome praise team. The music is so wonderful here. Amen. The, the, uh, the level of worship in this church is amazing, and we are always glad to be here, to be with you all here. This is our second home away from home. Amen. So we're thankful for that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 20. Uh, reading just a couple verses there, and then over to Galatians, chapter 6. But again, beginning at John, chapter 20. Amen. While you're turning there, I give honor today to this church, to the leadership of this church. Uh, what a beautiful facility. And uh, just, you can tell... You can tell when there's great, uh, when there's great leadership in the church, not just pastors, but those that he has established as leaders in this church, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. But I give honor to the ministry today. Um, Sister Sisk, I give honor to you today. Amen. I'm thankful for what God has done in this service for this church, and I'm thankful, Lord, uh, for this church itself and how good you've been to our family. And I give honor to the pastor. Sister Cook, thank you for allowing me to come. Amen. A hero of mine. I'm thankful. I've said that a lot already, but I'm thankful today. Are you thankful for what God has done for you? Amen. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. Galatians 6, 17, I'll read it to you. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I've come to preach for just a few moments. You'll, you'll probably find, you'll maybe already all know this. I'm not a very long-winded preacher. So I, I probably won't preach as long as your pastor normally preaches. Probably because probably I don't know as much as he knows. But, but I believe that if you'll hear, if you'll hear what the Lord has to say today, it will change the way you think. And it will change your forever. Amen. For just with the Lord's help today, I want to preach for a little while the evidence. 
the evidence. Can we put our hands down, put our Bibles down and lift our hands rather to the Lord and let's ask him to come into this service. God, I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Let's come on, let's give him a mighty praise today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. As I have already stated today, there are a lot of things that that I can be thankful for today. I'm thankful that God would allow me to serve the great congregation of Bethel. Amen. God raised me in that church and brought me back some years ago. I think we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary as pastoring the church there. I'm thankful that God would allow me to not rule over those people but to serve them. I'm thankful for the wife that God has given me and for my children, my daughters that sing with me here today and my my daughter-in-law and my son and my my grandbabies. I'm, I'm thankful when I get to the end of the year right now I begin to think about all the things that God has blessed me with and I've got to tell you I'm thankful today I'm grateful for this church I'm I'm grateful for the honor that you give your pastor and his family I'm thankful for the love that you have for my mom and for the love that you have for my dad I'm thankful today for this church. You've been a refuge to my family, to my sister and her husband, and my brother and his wife. Amen. And so I, I just, when I, you can just, uh, some people have problems finding time and what to pray about. There's a lot of things you can thank God for. Amen. I'm thankful today. Amen. But there's one thing that should always rise above all other things. From the span of time, from the beginning of time, even till the close of time, the one thing that should always stand front and center, the one thing that creation was formed around was the cross of Calvary. Amen. Today, I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the awful, gruesome image of the cross. Had it not been for his blood, there would never be a salvation. Had there not been the stripes that was laid upon his back, there would be no healing today. Without the cross, I would not be here. Without the cross, there is no church. Without the cross, there's no hope. And the cross is the good news. The cross is the gospel. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. But not everybody believes. Thomas declared that he would not believe in the resurrection until he saw the marks of the cross. Oh God. There were three things that Thomas would declare Three things that Thomas said he must see before he believed. Number one, I have to see it. Number two, I have to touch it. And number three, I have to experience it. 
Today the world stands gazing upon the church. Their stance in and itself is not evil. They, like Thomas, refuse to believe in the cross. i got to tell you today, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I, I, I have experienced him. I have felt him. I have touched him. I have, I have laid in the presence of the Almighty. I felt the brush of angels as they came into the prayer room where I was. I, I've watched people get out, out of wheelchairs, and I, I've saw some blinded eyes open. I, I, I've watched as God healed people in miraculous ways. You, you've come too far to tell me that there is no God. I am persuaded there, there's nothing you can say that will ever steal away my faith than who God is. Amen. I might be done wrong and somebody might hurt my feelings and somebody might fail to shake my hand on Sunday morning, but when I get in my car and I'm headed back home, I'm going to tell you I'm persuaded. I know there's a God. I know he's alive. I know he's moving and he's stirring the hearts of all those who believe. this world this unbelieving world they still need proof of the cross in order to believe it demands proof from those who claim to have been marked by the cross from those who have been crucified and they have crucified the flesh and they bear the witness of the cross Nothing will convince this world of the authenticity of the church like those who bear the marks of the cross in their body. Unbelief is growing rapidly because they, the unbelievers, they come among us and they see our talents and they see our polished theatrics and they see all of our programs and they see our lighting and they hear the talent and they see all the things that we have. But what this world needs to see is not just a bunch of nice suits and shiny dresses. But what this world needs us to hear me today. It doesn't need some popular orator. What this world needs. They need to come face to face with somebody that bear the marks of the cross. They need to stand face to face with somebody that will undeniably scream to them the glory of God. Just by the way they walk. And just by the way they talk. And just by the way they live. I pray to God that I'm marked by the cross in the world that I walk into. Let somebody know their belief can come if they see the mark in me. They have to see it. They have to feel it. They have to experience it problem with the church is sometimes I believe we advertise that we have the answer we tell them that we have the power that we have the healing that we have the name yet when we look closely in the mirror sometimes we don't bear the marks of the cross the Greek word that Paul used there mark is where we draw our word stigma Paul said I've been stigmatized I've been branded. God help me. I'm bearing my body, the marks, the proof that I've been but Jesus. I've come to plead to this church today. Don't you leave this place without being branded with the cross because your neighbors are on their way to hell. 
and your friends and your co-workers are on their way to hell and they're desperately looking for the mark of the cross. After Paul encountered Jesus, it left him branded and marked him an undeniable mark that shouted to the world that I have been changed by the cross. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Because when you've been with Jesus, it leaves a mark. When you've been in the presence of the Almighty, you can't walk out any different. Hear me today. When Moses stood in the presence of the Almighty, when he came down that mountain, they had to put a veil on him because he had been marked, because he had been in the presence of God. The truth is everything leaves marks. The hunter, when he enters the woods, he's looking for the trail of evidence. He's looking for the tracks the marks that tell him about the creature, where they sleep, where they eat, where they drink, the things that they're attracted to. The animal can be discovered by the marks that it leaves. The tracks tell a lot about them, what they crave and how big they are and do they run in pairs and how do they travel. Modern crime detection is based upon the fact that everything leaves a mark. A piece of hair, some blood, footprint, fingerprint. All are telltale signs that someone had passed this way. Can I tell you that you all are marked today by the things that you have experienced? Dysfunctional homes leaves an identification mark in life. Past abuse leaves its mark on a life. Prayerless life has a stigma. Careless ministries leaves marks on people. Amen. There's people that I pastor today that I have to address them certain certain ways because of what they experienced in their past. Right. Amen. And I have to view them through that, that lens. They, uh, th th there's people, there's some here today, maybe you struggle with authority because somebody in authority failed you. Amen. Some struggle with trust because somewhere, somehow, somebody you trusted failed you. But I've come to tell you that all of these things cannot stand against the blood of the cross. Amen. The lifetime of hurt, a lifetime of abuse cannot withstand the power of the cross. That's why I believe when you come into the kingdom of God, the Bible says that all things are passed away and all things become new. It's time that you get over your past. It's time that you get beyond what daddy did. It's time you get beyond what your wife or your husband did. And no, there needs to be a new mark in my life that not only tells me I'm changed but declares to an unbelieving world if we could somehow stand at the cross I'm going to tell you I, I pastor people I, I pastor people I've got I've got young marrieds. I got college career. Sometimes I want to go and just wring their necks. People mad and upset about the silliest things. 
And I think sometimes if we could just take all of that garbage and drop it somewhere and just somehow be just transported to the cross and stand there right before Christ himself as, as his flesh is hanging from his body and blood is running down the cross. I'm telling you, we wouldn't care about those simple things that keep us divided. We wouldn't care about all of those silly things because we would understand there's something that happens at the foot of the cross that marks you. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you act. When you come into contact with the blood of Calvary, it will mark you. And the world says, hey, if you want me to believe, let me see the marks. Somebody clap your hands to yeah. the When we reach a place in our churches when our growth stagnates, I'm afraid it happens because we're not allowing the marks of the cross to reign in our life. Amen. There are people all around us who are lost and going to hell, yet we're preoccupied with our family time. We placed our Sundays and Wednesdays aside for God, but heaven forbid, we're called to share the love of God with somebody outside those perimeters. Maybe I'm doing a little pastoral preaching, but everybody needs to hear it today. If you've ever been called upon to work, to witness, to show love, and you are frustrated because it cuts into your personal time, amen, then you, friend, do not bear the marks of the cross when you understand, amen, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I don't do what I want to do. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to do what he's compelled me to do because I've been marked with the cross. Apostle Paul, he said, I'm a prisoner to Christ. He was referring to the slave that chose to continue to serve his master when he had other options. I'm afraid when we stand in judgment, I don't want to stand beside those who watch their children fed the lion. <coughs> Yet they refuse to recant this, this apostolic truth. God interrupted Paul's life. He spent the majority of his ministry writing to the church from behind prison walls. He was a prisoner of Christ. Yet we can't go knock doors on the Sabbath. When we come in contact with Jesus, it marks us. It stigmatizes us. When Cain killed Abel, God put a mark on him. And he couldn't do a comb over and, call and, and, and cover up that mark. Everywhere he went, it signified to the world that he was a murderer. Can I tell you, when you come into the contact with the Almighty God, he puts a holy mark on you that you can't cover up with your hairdo. You can't cover up with all your clothes you're putting on. But you must carry it into the world. And everywhere you go, you've got to declare the promises of God. You've got to declare the glories of God, the glories of God and all of his promises just by how you treat people and how you love people and how you help somebody and uplift some. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you today, it's more than just coming to church and paying your tithe. You better live a
a life that is glory to his name. You better live a life that brings somebody to the house of God. You better live with your life marked with the cross of Calvary. Oh man, I'm telling you, this year I'm believing Bethel's going to have the greatest revival we've ever seen. But it's going to take some work. God's not just going to open a door and let them fall in. Amen. We have to carry and mark the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Jacob, after the encounter with the angel, he walked different. He would carry a staff for the rest of his life. In fact, the greatest miracle, the, one of the greatest things that you can read in the book of Hebrews, the Bible said he blessed his sons while leaning on the staff. That didn't, that didn't mean he was just a crippled man leaning on the staff, blessing his sons. But he was leaning on the fact that there was a life change that took place. And he would pass that life change on to his children. Some of us right now, you want your children to live for God, you better have a life change. Oh, you wonder why they don't want to come to the house of God? Amen. You need to be faithful. Every time the doors open, get to the house of God. Don't let other things interrupt you. Amen. If you want to lead them to the house of God, this is how you do it. You live by the mark of the cross. Lord, you live your life. You be faithful to the house of God. Faithful to his word. Let the man of God preach to you. Let the man of God encourage you. And let him discipline you. Let the glory of God reign. That's the mark. Of the cross. I am praying for revival for my church. And I'll tell you, amen, that I'm praying for the church or for the revival of this church. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being where I'm at. God has blessed us. We have seen great things. Amen. But I'm tired of just going through the same old, same old. God did not call us to just hold the fort. Right. Amen. Praying that God would mark me everywhere I go that I can declare the goodness of God just by the mark that's upon me. It's our job to walk in and show the proof of the cross. The mark is not just for the preacher. We're we're living in a time where we have great expectations on the pastor. We expect him to be early for prayer and he's got to preach and teach and he's got to preach our funerals and visit our sick family and counsel our weakened marriages. Yet sometime uh, uh, we'll just come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and pastor, if you need me, if you really need me, give me a call. Amen. I want you to know today those days are over. Amen. If you want to see the kind of revival that God wants to pour out on this house, you better live with the marks of Christ, not today only, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday you better live your life you better do what you can to tell somebody about the goodness of God I'm going to tell you this this is a fact we will not have revival if we do not bear the marks of the cross 
story was told, and I've shared it on multiple messages. I might have shared it here before, but I'm going to tell it again. Down in Florida, some years back, there was a mother washing dishes. She was looking out the window. She had a young toddler child that was inside the fence, and he was playing his little play set. And somehow another that child decided to crawl over the fence. And just as she was looking out the window, she saw an alligator come out of the swamp behind that, that fenced-in area and lunged at that child. The story says that that mother leapt from that place and ran out the door and jumped that fence and got down and that old slew with that alligator and that child. And she fought for that child. And she kept fighting for that child. She kept pulling and tugging until finally she fought that child, the alligator, until she freed the child from the jaws of the alligator. And the story is when she took that child to the doctor, all years later, all the marks that the alligator had put on the child had healed. But the marks that the mother left on that child, that child still bears today. I pray to God that the marks on my children, amen, are left there by my hands rather than the voice and the teeth of the enemy. Amen. I, I pray that my children, that my grandchildren, that they're marked by love, that they know that we love them that, that we set standards in our homes and we set rules in our life because I want them to be marked and know that they are safe and that they're living for God. I'm praying today. You wonder why the pastor preaches the way he preaches. He wants you to be marked by the cross of Calvary. said this he said my sins are ever before me I've pastored enough and I've been in the ministry long enough to know that sometimes your greatest struggle in life is dealing with your own guilt things that the blood has already cleansed you struggle with them and the enemy brings that to your mind quite often Can I tell you, whatever you have struggled with is not stronger than the cross of Calvary. Whatever you have stumbled into today, maybe you walked in this building today and you feel like you've gone too far. Hear me, God ordained you to be here.
but just like Thomas. I saw, I saw an old black and white film one time about the 12 disciples. And I guess, I don't know if it was a comedy or what, but Doubting Thomas, his character, they'd say, well, listen, you think we can go catch fish today? And he'd say, I doubt it. You know, reckon we go to the market and get something to eat? I doubt it. You know, we call him Doubting Thomas. There's nothing wrong with wanting proof. The world is not evil because it asks for proof. At an old time pastor years ago, he preached the message if you got it on the menu, you better have it in the kitchen. So, not just our apostolic dress and how we look, but do we snarl our nose up at somebody who's struggling with a sin that we've overcome? they come into the house of God even though they might smell a little different do we do we treat them if we if we treat them differently then we're not marked we are to love the world Jesus said the greatest commandment is that we love our neighbors selfish time I believe in mankind it's all about me we got triggers everybody's triggered you can't even say the word killed on social media unalive is the new thing that's dumb I'm sorry if you're one of those got to come to a place where we say, God, not my will, but thine. We've got to conquer the flesh. I love that this church is going on a fast. Get this flesh under control. See God bear the marks of the cross and you watch what God does in 2024. The greatest revival this church has ever seen will happen this year because we bear the marks of the cross. Can we lift our voices? Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Even if you'd like to gather in the altar here for just a little while. If you've not been marked properly, today would be a great day to allow God to mark you. Come on, lift your voice to Him right now. God, I thank you for your sweet presence. 